He's the kind of DJ talker. Yeah, DJ Royce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Howdy, you're listening to Come and Take It, a talk show about Texas by Texans, where three friends born and raised in the Lone Star State share our view on the history, culture, and just what it means to be Texan. I'm Mike Zolkowski. I'm Sean McIver. And I'm Scott Alfstrom. It's an 80s teen movie set in Corpus Christi. According to the IMDb description, a Texas teenager cuts her hair short and becomes an outlaw martyr with her brother and friends. Today, Come and Take It watches the classic... The Legend of Billie Jean. But first, what's your favorite 80s teen rebel anthem? Well, listen, this movie has a warm place in my heart. It's got to be Pat Benatar's Invincible, because that song (laughs) is amazing. And this movie made it the giant hit that it was. I mean, she was a big star, too, but, you know, the movie helped. Yeah. Now, um... I will register small protests that I think this question um, is not uh, properly Texas themed, but it is themed along with the movie. Um, my choice is uh, also uh, featured in this movie, yeah. and it is Billy Idol's uh, "Rebel Yell." Yeah, that uh, more, that song. More, more. Strongly identify that song with uh, '80s <laughs> teen rebels for obvious reasons. And and part of a pivotal scene in this movie. Yes. Well, mine's not in this movie. Uh, actually, the <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Uh, the greatest Teen Rebel song I think is "I Fought the Law" by uh, Bobby Fuller, uh, but that was from the '50s, and then the the Clash redid it in the '70s. Uh, so for the '80s, I'm gonna have to go with the Beastie Boys. You got to fight for your right to party because you do got to fight for your right to party. Heck yeah, man. You do. You got to fight. But here's the thing. Um, it wasn't in the movie. Unless, no, it's not in the movie. Unless, that wasn't my, the context of this question. Oh, Sean. Unless you're my children, um, then you should just accept your place. Sean, this isn't a Star Trek reboot, okay? We're talking about a classic <laughs> 80s movie. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> okay, so today... It's a good, it's a is, good solid choice, Sean. Solid I'm choice. With you. So today we're visiting... A great film from 1985, The Legend of Billie Jean, starring Helen Slater and Christian Slater. And just a quick note, they're not related. They're not brother and sister in real life. They just happen to have the same last name. So there's a fun fact you can take with you for the rest of the episode. Now, um, I'll preface this discussion by saying that uh, when I watched this the other day for the purposes of this uh, discussion, uh, it was actually the first time that i had ever actually watched this movie um i remember seeing it on the uh hbo listings all over the place when i was a kid but i never uh, actually sat down and watched it but now that i did i'm really glad that i got to see it because uh it's it's an amazing film i have to yeah i have to say i I agree is this is a crazy movie it's a very very weird movie but it also is really 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 good. It's a fun movie. I, I've maintained that that even the bad movies of the 1980s have an inherent quality of of goodness to them, of of, of an inherent quality of awesomeness to them uh, that that transcends whatever shortfalls the movies have. This movie. This is not a bad movie, though. I'm not saying it is not. I'm not saying it is. It isn't a bad movie. It is an 80s movie. It is clearly an 80s movie, and it has all of the tropes and 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 
and all of the 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 themes and and the look and the feels of an 80s movie uh what i will say is this is that like scott this is a movie i i think of that the best way to probably watch it was not on my ipad or on a computer <laughs> or even on a big screen tv like a big flat panel plasma or led tv the best way to watch this would probably be to be on vhs on a curtis mathis uh front projector uh rgb screen that's slightly out of balance uh, that was that or or on hbo in 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 pan and scan format because that 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 really would get the feel of this movie okay um, so so i'm just going to do two things right now so yeah. I, I get we, that you're i get that you're it's of the era and all that but yeah. so people don't think that this is a bad movie this is a totally watchable movie and my wife who is critical a lot of times of movies that i might pick to watch watched it with me the other night and really enjoyed it. She said, no, it was really fun. I enjoyed that. That was great. Yeah. Let me just preface this to say this. We're going to start talking about spoilers. So if you want to jump into this, push pause, go to iTunes, get online, find this movie and watch it. Uh, and then you can jump right back in with us. So let's set the scene of the start of the movie, Sean. All right. So here, here's the movie in a nutshell. So so those of you who, who don't want to go find this movie, that's fine. We encourage you to do it. By the end of this podcast, you'll go watch this movie. Um, OK, so set in the 1980s in Corpus Christi and it's clearly set in Corpus Christi. Right. That's that's one thing that's really notable about this film. So we'll talk about that later. Uh, set in Corpus Christi. It's hot. It's ridiculously hot. And there's a brother and a sister. Christian Slater is the brother. He's younger. Helen Slater's the older sister. They live in a trailer park. Um, Christian Slater's prized possession is a is a is a Honda Elite motor scooter. Um, and basically, there's a there's a there's some kids and they're they're a little bit better better off than they are. They and they're kind of jocks and jerks and and they're they're messing with Christian Slater. They steal his motorbike, his moped. Uh, they they break it and they return it and. Helen Slater, she wants to get it back. She wants to get the money to fix it because they beat the crap out of Christian Slater, too. So she goes and she talks to the the dad of the main guy. Well, he runs a touristy shop on the Strand in Corpus Christi, and she tries to get him to pay for it. And he says he's going to. But in the end, he tr basically he tries to sexually assault her. Uh, and she she kind of breaks away. But the Christian Slater comes in and kind of breaks it up. And he, he has a gun and he accidentally shoots the guy uh, in the shoulder. Well, then they run off, and basically now the law is after them. Um, and the law is saying that they tried to rob him, that they shot him, and and it's all over the TV. And and she gets mad. Helen Slater gets mad, and uh, so she goes and they meet this other kid. They they take two of her friends from the trailer park and they run off, and they meet this other kid. Uh, they they basically have to kind of break into a house, this rich person's house, and. This guy is uh, he's a teenager. He's kind of a kind of a weirdo guy. And uh, he's going to help him out. He helps film a video of her and she cuts off her hair and she films a video and she says, I'm not you know, fair is fair. It's not what happened. I we're not thieves. We just want the money for the bike. Well, this gets put all over the TV stations all over the state, and all these teenagers are like, whoa, this chick is awesome. We want to be just like her. And so it's all this thing about the kids versus the, the adults, and she becomes kind of an outlaw hero. Uh, and then in the end, the the bad guy, the the, the, the that guy who tried to assault her, he's like starts selling T-shirts and hats of her and making money off of her. And in the end, uh, they finally kind of goes a little too far, and 
and they you know, they're going to turn themselves in, but there's like ten thousand kids on a beach, and and the the other kid's dad pays for the bike to get fixed, and and then there's a big confrontation with the with the main guy at the end, and and she she uh, she kind of has a confrontation with him, and everybody realizes he's a scumbag, and it was all a big mistake, and then she kicks him in the nads and burns down his 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 tourist stand with all the t-shirts of Billie Jean, and just and then in the end. You know, her and her brother, they they go and they they get out of Texas and out of the heat and they go to Vermont where they've always wanted to go where it's cold. And that's pretty much the summation of the story. Well, that did not do it any justice because we're going to pick it apart. I'm not going to – it doesn't do it justice and it's a bit of like asking like the set, my seven-year-old, okay, what did you see in the movie, honey? <laughs> Tell me the story of what you watched today. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Here's the, I mean so here's the, the, the crazy thing about this is like, like you know, when – and I'm going to take it back to the bad thing of like, you know, when somebody says like a bad movie and you, for those who are celebrating like the, the disaster artists who've seen like the room, like truly, or seen trauma films or something like that. When we say this is an eighties film, I mean, this thing swims in the eighties. It's, it's a, <laughs> it is a beautiful, like when you catch like a, like if you were going to mount this thing on the wall, like a trout, you'd be like, this is the most Check perfect specimen. Yeah. Checker hats, jams, okay. um, Honda Honda Elite motor, motorcycle, or motorbikes, mopeds. And when this was filmed, I was living in Corpus. I was in the fourth grade when this all. Like, Sadie, I was in the fourth, right? fifth, yeah, I was in the fourth grade when all this stuff was going on. So when they were filming this, like high school kids. There's a lot of high school kids from down there that were in the film, that were at the beach. You know, they talk about C101. I listened to C101 as a kid on the radio. I mean, that was. This is all, like this is all local. So this is what. Corpus was like in 1985, right there, down to the wire. Like I said, I had never seen this movie, um, you know, uh, when I was a kid. But uh, when I when I sat down to watch it the other day, I thought, you know, I'll just I'll just put this on and kind of in the background while I'm doing other things and you know prepare to to talk about it. But um, one of the first images it shows is uh, as it uh, establishes the trailer park where Billie Jean and her, her family live, um, they they pan across a uh, armadillo weather vane, and um, I was hooked. I From yeah. that first shot, I was pulled in. I was like, all right, this is a Texas movie. Um, so um, I'm going to, I'm going to dig in and, and focus on this. And it, yeah. it was uh, very rewarding to, to yeah. do that. Um, so, so let's talk a little bit about the cast real quick. Uh, uh, oh, first yeah. of all, world class. Well, so the actual the filmmakers of this movie. Uh, so one of the producers is Rob Cohen, and he was one of the co-writers of the film. Rob Cohen later went on to uh, write the movie Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, the great movie Dragonheart. He actually created the Fast and the Furious. I was going to say, this is, I had a note that uh, yeah. Rob Cohen, before he got all Fast and Furious on us. Right, right. He was a producer and a screenwriter at the time. One of the executive producers, so Gruber Peters is the the film studio, the, the, the executive producers of the film. Well, John Peters, uh, if you know who John Peters is, John Peters was Barbara Streisand's uh, hairstylist who somehow got into the movie business. And just go... <laughs> Do a Google search for John Peters, Kevin Smith, Batman, and, and Superman, and you will find he. So he produced the the '89 Batman movie, and he hired Kevin Smith to write a script for a Superman movie, and he wanted a giant metal spider, 
He wanted that to be the big climax of the Superman movie that Kevin Smith wrote. And Kevin Smith has a hilarious story about how it didn't make any sense. And it ended up being in the Wild Wild West movie, which Peter's produced. So anyway, uh, the uh, Matthew Robbins is the director. And he also wrote the movie Jaws, the movie Sugarland Express. He wrote the movie Batteries Not Included, which is another 80s classic uh, from cable days. So kind of a good Provence of the back, you know, the people filming the movie. Now the people in front of the screen, there was Helen Slater, who was the star. She plays Billie Jean. Helen Slater played Supergirl. Helen Slater, pretty big name. Christian Slater, obviously a huge name in movies. Um, we all grew up with Christian Slater movies in the 90s and the 2000s. Leaving so. the cube, man. Yeah, leaving the cube. True romance. So, uh, but look at the supporting cast. So Keith, so Keith Gordon plays Lloyd. He was in the movie Christine before this. Uh, maybe, uh, he's maybe in Back to School. Yeah, Back yeah. to School is the one that everybody loves. The triple and he indie. actually. Yeah, he became a fantastic director of several movies, including the very good Kurt Vonnegut film Mother Night, which Scott and I saw in college. Uh, he directed that. Now he does a lot of TV stuff. He's done Better Call Saul and 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 uh, The Walking Dead and all kinds of TV shows. Um, then probably the most prominent name that uh, I, I, so the and then the supporting older cast is there's. Uh, Peter Coyote, who plays the lieutenant and the police, and he's the voice of all the uh, Ken Burns show uh, documentaries now. Uh, Dean Stockwell, who played Al in Quantum Leap. Gotta love Dean Stockwell. Uh, and uh, the the jerky guy that's at the beginning of the movie that 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 beats up Christian Slater, that is Barry Tubb, um, who Amazing is a Texas actor. Barry Tubb. Yeah, he's really he's a really good-looking guy. He was a Texas actor. Uh, he's in Top Gun. He plays Wolfman in Top Gun. So that's probably... The place everybody's really well, kind of seen well, hang Barry on. Tubb. Like Barry Tubb from Snyder, Texas. So yeah. he and um, Powers Booth are you know rubbing elbows. And he yeah. got started, you know, he got started in the PBA as bull rider. I mean, he was a young bull young upcoming bull rider before yeah. he got into acting. So a true right. Texan and uh, not afraid of uh, livestock. Yeah. But I'll give you the most prominent one, the biggest the probably the biggest name actually in this whole movie is one person is Yeardley Smith, who plays the voice of Lisa Simpson. She plays Putter, the youngest girl in the gang, and she has both the best and the worst Texas accent of any of the characters in this entire movie. Well, yeah. the funny and thing, too, she's also trivia. one of the oldest in the cast, too. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, she's, the youngest. She's, she's cast as a 14-year-old, but she was 20 at the time. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's actually a really good cast. Uh, great cast. And you didn't even mention the guy who played Mr. Pyatt. So Richard Bradford plays Mr. Pyatt, who's Hubie's father. And he is kind of the the, the rapey dad who, who says, uh, you know, I'll pay as you go and earn as you learn. It's like, ugh, super creepy. But he's actually from Conroe, Texas, originally. Uh, just passed away a few years ago. But he's Last year. Just passed away last year. Was it just last year? I thought it was two years ago. So, so the crazy thing is he, like, I guess went gray exceptionally early. His hair started going gray at 16 in high school and he got into acting and he, you know, he's really this well-versed actor and, and played quite a number of characters, uh, both on stage and TV and in the big screen. And I, it took me a minute to place him because he's in the untouchables. His fantastic turn in the untouchables is the, the Irish cop who uh, advises Sean Connery to, to stay, stay out of it. And I was just oh, like, yeah, it looks really oh, different. W- completely different. Completely different. It was like, whoa, like that's the same guy. Yeah. I'm blown away. 
but he's he's a great uh, he's, he's a great actor. Yeah. So here's uh, you know some of the things we want to talk about. So first of all, growing up in Texas, I never knew anyone uh, a that had a Honda Elite scooter. Uh, you, if you've seen it, go Google Honda Elite scooter. It's the it's the real sleek, blocky. It's the most you know, '80s scooter you've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, most '80s scooter. <laughs> I never knew anyone in Texas that either had or wanted a motor scooter like. Well, oh, you come on I, down, I, and Corpus Christi Motorsports is going to put you on a brand new Honda Elite right now. I totally <laughs> recognize that scooter, though. That is definitely an '80s icon. We got a yes, thing too, Sean. I mean, the thing that you're missing is is okay. For those who don't know. Um, and maybe I'm telling secrets out of school here. Sean's never been south of San Antonio, Texas. Like he no, does I not have. really have very much of a perception of what South Texas or the Gulf Coast is like. So you got to well, remember. But I don't. I don't think that like the Honda scooter versus, versus Honda scooter versus pickup truck line really is drawn in, in Brenham or they something. They rent them so. to tourists. Like they're rented to <laughs> tourists down there. It's a thing you can okay. go. It's for beach cruising. They're not for like okay. getting to your day job at Seven Eleven. So the other thing is that I noted I don't know any Texan who actually wants to move to Vermont. I'm sorry. It's just true. We grow up it. We expect it to be hot. We complain and gripe about it. But we never say, I'm going to move to Vermont because I hate living in Texas because it's so hot. Well, you got to remember, too, like there's an 80, it's an 80s thing. So there's a poster on Binks's wall. By the way, that's his name. That's, that's Christian Slater's name's character is Binks. Binks has this poster on the wall of like... <laughs> It's like a ski naked poster or something from Vermont. And so it's, a, it's like, again, it's the most 80s poster that you would have seen hanging in the back of a Spencer's, like in the mall. Uh, and we'll get to the mall in a little bit. But yeah, but yeah so like his sister had told him about Vermont and he'd grown up with this idea of like, like oh, like this sounds amazing and the ski town and the ski lodge. And, and again, they live in like a, the, a backwater, like, you know, rundown trailer park on the backside of yeah. Corpus. So, so for right. him, this, any aspiration was an aspiration. That's true. And so she is like a total trailer park princess. I mean, she's, she's gorgeous. She's absolutely beautiful. Um, but she's, you know, she's wearing, always wearing t-shirts and, and baggy, uh, baggy pants and hang off the, you know, uh, you know, kind of a second, a lot of secondhand clothes. It seems like that she's wearing. Yeah, and there are notable scenes, and I'll give a warning to anybody who watches this. There are a few scenes where she is not wearing a bra, where she should clearly be wearing a bra, as uh, as my wife pointed out watching this with me. Don't, don't try and uh, force people into your preconceived notions. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just saying, put a bra on. Yeah. So I have a question, Mike. So the scene at the beginning where they're at the, the, the drive-in, is that, a, is that a Sonic? That's an 80, 1980s Sonic? You know, I'm not sure if that was a, just a drive-in. Oh, sorry, I, I had a note that that totally looked like Sonic to me. Yeah, um, it looked like Sonic to me, too. There were also, you know, it was the 80s. There was all kinds of just off-brand, like, you know, yeah, Dairy King and, like, you know, F Tasty Freeze and all those sort of just non-descript ones. So I'm not sure the the brand or, or moniker that. It might have well been a Sonic, though. Yeah, so then there's the, there's the famous scene... Uh, of the where they're they're not skinny dipping folks so this is this is a pg movie so it's okay uh they but they're swimming in a i guess what the back back part of the it's like a small part of the pond, island or a, like, it's like a, a small buy or something pine. like that they don't know again you've never been down there some they they you know if you were in um tidewater or something like that well i'm trying to think there's a uh 
if you were a little further south, you'd probably call it a resaca. There's sort of an inland okay. saltwater lake. There's some brackish lake water type type okay. places. Yeah. Um, but they, all, all I have in my notes for that is uh, it looked like um, the raft from Creepshow 2. It does. So. Well, here's, here's the does. thing. So they're diving in there. They're <laughs> swimming in this thing. She fakes this alligator, you know, you know she and there's this whole thing of, oh, there might be gators in there. And then she she stays underwater and freaks her brother out who jumps in to, to see if she's okay. And then, and then it's all a big laugh. I can never once remember hearing or seeing anything in all of my years of South Texas living about having a gator problem down there. Now, it turns <laughs> yeah, out I, I, I did. I, I'd say I had that written down as a note, too. It's like, ask Mike if there were alligators in Corpus. The answer is there There actually are, but hmm. there has been almost no reports or any ever any issues of them. So this is clearly just sort of like <clears throat> um, a bit of grandiose standing uh, to create tension on the part yeah. of the screenwriter. But the but this scene screams small town life. I mean, they're 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 not wearing swimsuits. They're just wearing kind of their underwear and t-shirts and stuff. They're swimming in this pond. They're laying on the raft and just talking about how they want more, something different. They they wanted the dreaming of something different. So, it's very much a scene setting scene, you know, of you know, to establish that these kids just don't like their lot in life and they wanna they wanna move on to something bigger and better. And uh, so this is the scene where the the other kids. Uh, the the kind of jerky jockey guys, the, the townies, the rich townies. Yeah, the townies. That's so. That's the thing. That's they're not rich though. So I think there's a social strata. Like obviously, Billy Jean and and Binks and Putter and Ophelia, they live in the trailer park. They're at the lowest rung of social strata, right? Of okay, I'm gonna say it. Of all the white kids, because there's very few African American or Hispanic people in this movie, even though a lot of people do live in that area. But of the, you know, they're at the low, they're they're PWT, they're white trash, they live at the bottom of the strata. Then like you got Hubie and Mr. Pyatt, and they're you're you're right, they're townies, but they're not rich because Lloyd is rich. Lloyd lives lives high, high, high life. Well, yeah, like that's that's shoreline drive. Those are those big the big mansions. But I mean the thing is right. is but but townie is the right word for it. I mean right. the, that's that's a good yeah, that was the word I was thinking of. I was trying to I was trying to figure out like what are these guys, what are they? They're not really jocks, they're townies. Yeah, they're okay. they're yeah. they're dudes. They're dude bros, basically. Yeah, so and you so put they, it into perspective of uh the, like the good so for people who've seen the Goodwill hunting, you know, that's who Billy Jean is. She's goodwill hunting, yeah. except she isn't brilliant at math. She's just, you know, a righteous youth of of the eighties. Yeah. So, and that's the scene where they steal the motorcycle. They beat, they kind of shove Binks down on the ground. They take pictures of Billie Jean as she's getting out of the water, you know. And this will come back later. But um, well, and pro so tip: the, so when when your friend says, "Hey, I'm having an eighties party. If you want to come, watch this movie." Like just the first 10 minutes and then just pick a character and just do that. Yeah. Because yeah. like people had the checkered painters hats oh, yeah, on, which were super hats. popular. <laughs> uh, there's like one guy who's got like a, a, a fancy SLR camera, which was a big deal at the time. Um, yeah. You know, they're driving like a weird convertible, like uh, like hopped up kind of Franken convertible around yeah. chasing them. And then don't forget the jams. Yeah. Yubi's wearing jams. Big oh time gosh. jams. The jam shorts. Yeah. Got to do yeah. that. Got to rock that. Yeah. Uh, and so then, you know, there's some there's some stuff they're talking about, you know, they get back to their trailer and they're like, oh, we got to get them. You know, they got to give me my give us our bike back. Well, they go to the, they go to the police and they meet Peter Coyote and he's like, 
Hey, Billie Jean, you know, you're a pretty girl. He's just probably trying to get your attention. He's going to give you the bike back. It'll be fine. Yada, yada, yada. If you don't see it in front of your house in the next 48 hours, you come on down and I'll, I'll take care yeah. of it. Yeah. So I guess in the grand scheme of things, in 1986, sexual assault, attempted sexual assault, just, you know. No, no, and, no, no. And no, no. Grand, and, no I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. In the grand scheme of things, like Grand Theft Auto is not really a big crime. <laughs> to be concerned about it's corpus christi well it's kind of a thing of like there was this well boys will be boys yes and do thousands yeah. of, you know do do hundreds of dollars of property damage well the thing is binks goes out and he goes to find this but like he's just like i'm gonna find that bike and so she's worried about him and she comes home to find she sees parts of the bike laying on the ground she sees the bike just smashed up and she finds her brother with his face like rearranged like he's all he's about a black guy his lips all bladed up he got he got tuned up really good but he got his bike back so they go to the she goes to the shop to figure out what it's going to cost to repair it and she goes to see mr Pyatt and says like you know hubie did this here it is and i need 608 dollars that's a very specific number i wrote that down it's a very specific number she says we went to the body shop it's going to be 608 dollars to fix my brother's my brother's scooter you need to pay for it because your son did this and and be doesn't isn't asking for damages isn't asking for anything else just Pay to fix what your what your dumb son broke. So, and she creates a scene because um, Hubie like acts like a jerk, and she just she gives him a nut shot and puts him to the ground, and and he's like, oh, and he's like, and so there's some tourists who run out of his shop because they think it's awkward and weird, and at the end of it, he says, well, look, you come upstairs, we'll work something out. I'll take care. Of, I'll pay his debt, and he goes up. She goes up there, and then that's when. This becomes a very, uh, a very poignant movie in terms of today's uh, media of what's going on because, you know, you have this older man of power who's, you know, with this kind of disenfranchised young woman, and basically he says, you know, you're gonna have to earn that six hundred eight dollars because that's a lot of money, and this is where he says the creepy like, you know, pay as you go, earn as you learn, and he attempts to, you know, um. Sexually assaulted. He attempts her. to rape her. Yeah, yep. he attempts to rape her. It's he tries to do that. Yeah, it's a got fun it. '80s movie, folks. You got to trust. Yeah. It. just get right past this part. Uh, yeah. So she, she, she's tough and tenacious. She gets her way to that scenario, and as she comes downstairs, her brother has wandered in because she said, "You stay in the car. I'm gonna take care of this." Because she is the caretaker for all of these broken toy children that live in the trailer park, and she's yeah. the one they all look up to. Well, he finds the the gun in the register while he's while he's farting around down there, and when he comes downstairs, he tells him it's not a real gun, it's not loaded, and the gun accidentally goes off and shoots the dad. They call nine one one. Everybody jumps in the very ancient station wagon, which let's point yeah. out, like they're they're driving <laughs> Ophelia around. station wagon. Yeah, it's a classic. It's awesome, and I've spent many hours in the back of old station wagons as a child. So I was just like, there's a certain love there for that that crazy you know, dangerous vehicle for children. I made a note of the rotary dial phone. Um, (laughs) And this was also the first um, nut shot in the film when she uh, takes down Hubie. Um, Other than that, um, I just have notes on how it's the stereo, kind of the stereotypical setup for this type of film where there's some, um, you know, the, the higher, as you mentioned, the the higher status people trying to take advantage of the lower status people. There's a misunderstanding, and then that sets off the the, the action for the remainder of the film. 
So the, the crazy thing is, so they take off and basically Billie Jean's like, okay, Binks and I, we're going to get our stuff together and we're going to get out of here. Ophelia wants to drive them. And then their friend Putter, who's this 14-year-old kind of girl whose mother just slaps her around and is just kind of a horrible mom and, and a little bit mean and abusive, basically says like, Billie Jean said, you, I'd come with you. And she grabs her stuff and they all jump in the station wagon to speed away. Well, they don't have a, a nickel between them. They barely have any gas in the tank and they don't have a plan at all. Um, yeah. They're just kind of, they're totally unprepared lost kids. Yeah, and and at the so Peter Coyote is the police lieutenant, and he now he's like now he's involved because there's been a shooting and a claim of an attempted robbery, and you know somebody's like what's going on? And he said I think I screwed up, like so so like Peter Coyote to me is one of the most compelling characters in the movie because he's like you know what I realize he's the first person to get an understanding of boys won't be boys this you know you really should just take things seriously when they occur. So, uh, yeah, he says, I, I screwed up. I messed it up. So he's he's going to spend the rest of the movie trying to protect Billie Jean, trying to get her just to turn herself in and to settle this peacefully because he's worried that it's just going to go too far. Well, they end up at um, an abandoned putt-putt course that first night. Yeah. And oh, I want to note, also want to note, mm -hmm. so... So the news travels quickly, right? That there's been this shooting, and there's a scene when they enter when they they do the long shot of this putt putt place, uh, and there's the big bridge. It's what would you say it was the? That's the that's the Harbor Bay Bridge. There's the Harbor mm, Bay Bridge. The when you go to Corpus, right. it's it's one of the main. It's it's this giant bridge that goes from there's a small island that goes into the main body of what Corpus is. It's not actually part of San pa uh, of South Padre Island. There's actually a small island there. And on the other side is a long causeway, and that causeway goes to Portland, Texas, which is actually where I lived and went to school. So you come over this yeah. several-mile-long causeway, it touches down on the small island, and then you go right up over the Big Bay Harbor Bridge. And it's a it's a really beautiful bridge. It's kind of a landmark of the area. Right, and so this is a scene that there was something that I noted. Yeah, Jimmy J. Judge on C-101, the DJ, He's kind of DJ talker. Yeah, the voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's kind of the narrative voice of the popular opinion about what's going on. And so in this scene, he says, you know, the voice of the Texas Riviera. And he's like, uh, the, the, what do you think about these? What do you think about these robbers? And I think we should lock them up. And he's like, yeah, I think we should throw the book at him. So like that's his opinion at this point. And as he goes along, his he's reflecting like the changing opinion about this situation so so the next scene is going to be oh uh, you know he's he's gonna be like why well, you know show your support for billy jean and so it's it's i thought that was interesting but i also thought it was interesting i'd never heard of corpus christi referred to as the texas riviera well that's because you never went anywhere sean so south padre island is a huge uh spring break destination for the i know youth. that of Texas, and yes. so that's how it yes. got the nickname, the Riviera. Oh, okay. Yep. Well, there that whole stretch of the Texas coast. Yep. There um, so, so the the interesting note about that putt putt course. So that is, there's a small, like basically sort of island um, area, and it's where you'd find the USS Lexington and the Texas State Aquarium and all that stuff today. But back in '84, there was just some industrial stuff there, and the old abandoned putt putt course was there, and there was actually a Catholic church that was under the bridge that we went to when I was a kid. Um, so you go over the causeway, you come down and we would go to church and it was right down the road from where that putt-putt course was. 
So that that's they and they come back to that location a couple of times. So yeah, that that putt putt place is creepy. It's <laughs> it's really creepy. You wouldn't um, want to sleep in a putt on an abandoned putt putt course. <laughs> I, I made the, I made the same note. Creepy putt putt park is creepy. Well, yeah. it was there for a very long time till they tore it down. Yeah, yeah. but um, I will say, growing up on the coast, that uh, that along with all of the refineries uh, passing by in the through the windows of the cars, mm-hmm. um, it very very much placed this in a, a place that I was familiar with. Um, the the Texas City, Galveston, Gulf Coast area is also littered with uh, all these, um, you know, small and often uh, disused uh, amusement type parks and and uh, businesses that you know were were popular for a few seasons and then and then faded away. So the fact that that exists uh, felt very uh, familiar to to see that. I was well, like, you know, I, I know that place. I've I've driven by that. You know, well, even if I hadn't actually driven by that location, it 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 was familiar to me. Well, I like that they shoe showed like not just small refineries and pieces, but you saw the big round natural gas tanks. I mean, it, it's yeah. all, they just drove around and, and shot a lot of, of B-roll there, and it's great. Um, mm-hmm. Here's an interesting fact about Corpus Christi. Corpus Christi has some of the most consistent onshore winds anywhere in the United States. There's usually yes. a th- there's usually a 30 to 40 mile an hour on, like wind constantly there. So when he's out on that island at that putt-putt course during the day, and he's like talking to Billie Jean. I, that has to be completely ADR because if you look, the wind is howling <laughs> around Peter Coyote. Yeah. And it's just like, there is no way they got any kind of clean take on that. So I'm sure that any of those exterior scenes had a lot of ADR just because of the impossibly high winds. But the point is, is these kids are under the gun. They're, they're on the run. They have nothing going for them. They're not sure what to do. Peter Coyote is... And again, so for those who remember, Peter Coyote played the man with the keys in E.T., which is essentially the yes. same role. Like he is <laughs> Instead he's an of authority figure for... who empathizes with the people who are on the run from the law. Um, and, and you know, so they so they end up kind of drifting around and, and these kids in a local uh, convenience store see them. And they essentially say, like, you know, are you Billie Jean? And she's like, what are you talking about? And, and so they pay for gas for the car. They give them a bunch of – they buy a bunch of candy bars and groceries and stuff because they were just going to shoplift because they were just going to shoplift. And then um, – and it's sort of the start of – you can see that the kids are identifying with Billie Jean as being yeah, the heroine the, in the story. Yeah, it's where the legend begins basically. Um, it's And it's where they find out that – you know, it's a big, it's becoming a big story. And, and it's also, I think it's, it's, it's how you kind of establish and you reinforce this as you go, that the kids relate to her and identify with her and gravitate towards her and are on her side. And the adults for the most part are not, they're against her. So it's that, it's a young and old, uh, Oh, absolutely. Uh, dynamic. Absolutely. So, so then she decides she contacts, uh, she contacts the police lieutenant and says, "I'll turn myself in. All I want, I, or all I want, it was it was a big mistake. All I want is the money. That's all we want. We just want the money from Pyatt. Just six hundred dollars to repair that scooter. 
Right. So they're going to they arranged to meet at the mall. Uh, and, you know, fair is fair. That's what she keeps saying now. Fair is fair. I just we just want the money. So they're going to meet at the mall and they're going to he's going to give her they're going to give her the give her the money. But it's actually, you know, they understand the kids understand it's probably going to be a sting. That's how they can. They're probably going to grab them. So they go to this mall. And so I asked you about the Ocean Park Mall. So talk to us about the Ocean Park Mall. Mike. <clears throat> this was slash is called Sunrise Mall. And Sunrise Mall was a big two story mall. It's down at Airline Drive and South Padre Island Drive. It's if you're on your way to the to the island from Corpus, you'll go past it. There's a whole bunch of, of stuff there now. Uh, around it in terms of like restaurants and things like that. <clears throat> now it was a magnificent, amazing mall. Like it, it really like prospered. It did. It was a big deal. It had Joskies in it. For those who remember, it had Frost Brothers. It had Sears. Those were the big things. Um, and it, so there's another mall. There's also there was also a tobacco store that they show. <laughs> Which is certainly of the eighties. Yes, but the thing is, there was another mall, um, the Padre Staples Mall, that was nearby. But um, the, it did really well in the eighties. Uh, and one of the big things is, is that it had these big escalators inside of it, and then it had um, these amazing fountains, these two-story fountains, which was kind of a big deal. Uh, it had a big food court that was all done up in like a nautical theme. It was a big deal. Um, but what happened is, is like, so um, the mall was doing really well there. And then when Joskies was bought up by Dillard's, Dillard's already had a location in the mall nearby. So they ended up leave, losing a major anchor stay, store. But then Ward's moved in there for a while. But as, as most malls, as we've seen in malls around us, you know, they've sort of come into these gradual declines. And then now they're in rapid decline. So somebody bought it. And has tried to refurbish it, but and it's still there. But um, it's very clean. But most of the stuff is closed, and there really hasn't been much that's happened there. So it's kind of a sad thing. But I can remember being there. You know, we moved there right after that mall opened, and it was it was a big deal to go to Sunrise Mall. And you would go to Corp, and you get on the causeway, and you go with Big Bridge, and you go to Corpus, and you go to the mall, and and that's where we would go. And it had a big movie theater there. I saw, I, I mean, I, I think I saw Ghostbusters and E.T. and a bunch of those movies right there in that mall. And I can so, re- I can just remember yeah. a lot of this stuff. So the big scene in the mall, I guess, is this. They have this big common area, I guess. Is that where the food court was? Where, yeah. the, where these escalators kind of angle towards each other going down to meet at a common point, right, where the food court is. And so that's where she's arranging to meet with them. But the kids get there early and they go to the toy store. And I just noted the, the things that they were getting. They got a G.I. Joe walkie talkie. Um, what else did they get? They got a bunch of stuff uh, and they left IOUs for everything. That was what was was really interesting is they left these handwritten IOUs for all the things that they were stealing. Well, because she um, says, like, we're not thieves. Fair right. fair. Right. And so the money that, that they were going to give her, so they did have an envelope that, that they gave to Pyatt to give to her, and it was it had it had the, the, the lieutenant, the police officer's money. He he put the money in because Pyatt was going to put it in. So uh, so as as Billy Jean is coming down the escalator, uh what I noted was Hubie jumps out because 
Pyatt waves and Hubie jumps out and goes to tackle her. Uh, and, um, yeah, there's a nut shot, but here's the thing I noted. Isn't that obstruction of justice? Like, could, couldn't they have been arrested for that? Yeah. Well, yeah, today you would be. Yeah. Today you'd be tased. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. then the, it was what they did. But what's interesting, too, is he had some other, like, like big, heavy, strong guys that jumped out. So he was just like, right. I'm going to solve this. You know, I'm not giving her a dime of my money. I'm not, I don't owe her a thing. I'm going to, you know, we're going to catch her. And I'm not, because Pyatt literally, like, tries to give it, like, when she goes to reach for an envelope, he, like, throws it on the ground and steps on it. And, yeah. you know, just makes kind of a, he's going to make his, they could have easily ended the conflict at this point. The movie would have been very short and kind of uninteresting. <laughs> but it, but yeah. instead, he chooses to create yeah. additional conflict and, yeah. and, and drives and, us into the second act. And for his part in this uh, little um, escapade, QB uh, gets his second nut shot of yes. the film. Um, so I'm looking at this page that you sent, Mike, and it's there's a story contributed. It says I was an extra in the movie, and it took quite a few takes in the scene where they were going up the escalator in the Sunrise Mall. One take I remember most was when Helen Slater missed, overshot the rail, and ended up in the waterfall. She promptly got up, stopped off the scene, mumbling to herself, and it took another two hours before we shot again. Yeah. Well, yeah. she had yeah. to dry out and, and yeah. get her clothes resituated. Yeah. Yeah, it, interesting it, but, story. But listen, we've all been kids and tried to run up the down escalator. It's not easy. Yeah. So they. So, they, so, so yeah, they get away. Yeah, so they get away. This is where they have the scene with. Uh, in this scene is where the I is a uh, uh, rebel yell, but Billy Idol, great use of music. Uh, Binks has stolen a plastic pistol, plastic gun, and. He holds off the police with it, and they now think he's armed. Um, so they go off, and they're still they're still trying to get away. Um, and now they don't have any money or any food. And I think there's a missing scene because somehow they decide they're going to go because then they just jump into they're breaking into they're go, driving through this neighborhood with all these rich houses, and they're deciding which one to break into. So I guess there's a missing scene where they said. You know, we we should just break in and steal some food, and we'll just borrow some stuff and leave an IOU. So I don't know if this if there was something that was missing, or just kind of supposed to assume that. But this is where they meet Lloyd. He's a weird rich kid. Turns out his dad is the DA uh, and is running for state attorney general. His dad is a DA in Dallas, but running for state attorney general, something like that. Well, so he's I think no. So I think what they that what they do is his dad is the district attorney. I think for Corpus, he's in Dallas okay. for some kind of meeting, and he's running for attorney general of Texas. But what's right. interesting is is uh, to take it back to Lloyd is he's wearing like a Wolfman costume when he's yeah. breaking his house, and he has <laughs> monitors throughout the house. He's watching them. There's yeah, he's in the horror movies. Playing. He's in the movie. He's yeah. a complete. Movie I think TV. he's a little bit older too. I I think he's like supposed to be in college age, basically. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think they make him seem like that. he's like a he's like a kind of a rich kid living in his dad's mansion. Yeah, he's like and, twenty, and they're like she's like eighteen or something. Yeah, yeah. Like and that. One older of my, but not two, inappropriate. <laughs> I have two really good uh, comments from this section of the movie. The first one is when they were raiding the refrigerator and stuff, and they're like, "What is this supposed to be?" And I said, "I think it's chicken." And I said, "Well, it doesn't taste like chicken." And then the quote that I wrote down is, when you're rich, food isn't supposed to taste like what it is. <laughs> yeah, there, there's some great lines like that. The other thing, um, so they're, they're in that house. And, 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 and he's got a slide. 
Yeah, a water slide out of his window. A water slide out of his window. Right out of pool. his window. Yeah, didn't didn't you guys have a water slide from the third story of your house that took yeah. you down to the pool? Um, yeah, because yeah. he's standing there, and Binks has his gun, but he doesn't, he understands they're not threatening. And he's kind of like, well, I'd love to help you or something. And then he dives out the window, and they're like, what's going on? And they look out, and he's down to the pool. Now, here's where the real turn comes. All the other kids end up sliding down the pool, and, and you know, there's, it's, it's, it's a, a yeah. meet-cute. And then they all get in the pool, except for Billy Jean, because at the time, he's got multiple monitors playing old movies, and he sees the classic Joan of Arc movie. Yes. So he's watch, she's watching that. And and he's explaining, well, you know, who she was and, and how she cut her hair and she became the symbol and 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 blah blah blah. So while they're all in the pool, that's when she like takes a pair of scissors and goes into the bathroom and cuts all her hair off. And then she comes out in the iconic thing that if you look at the movie poster or the D V D cover or God bless you if you've got it the VHS, um from back yeah, in the day. He, uh, she's the version of Joan of Arc that she's watching, uh, according to IMDb, is actually uh, Saint Joan from 1957. Oh. Excuse uh, me. Directed by Otto Priminger. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Oh, wow. So that's a great version too. So, but the point is, is she she comes down, she's cut her, chopped her hair. Off. I mean, she doesn't just chop. Yeah, her and hair she's off. also she's also cut up like a wetsuit, like a like a surfer wetsuit. So yeah. that and yeah. And and has cut the sleeves off and is wearing it un- partially unzipped. And it's what it, it's what yeah. if you were making an X Men movie in the eighties, it's what the costumes. Were yeah, exactly, like. exactly. But, but she's anyway, got like a baggy men's pants, like men's pants on and combat boots. So she's like, yeah, she looks tough. She, she, she it's iconic. It and, is an iconic. Oh, movie. and the single big giant dangly earring. Just one. Yes. So she's yes. made this new image for herself and come down. Everybody's shocked at what she's done. Um, yeah, I will pause here to say that there's yeah. a fun note I found, and it's again might be true, might not, because it's IMDb facts, but um, that I guess the the hairstylist for the movie was like a, a big born again lady, and so like cutting off all of these beautiful actress locks. Like apparently she said like many prayers. Um, it was yeah. like crying and saying prayers as she cut off this like beautiful actress's hair to to chop it down. And to her credit, like she really actually cut her hair for this role, so. It, you know, it was intense. So she comes down and Lloyd basically makes a video of her and she makes this fair as fair video. And so there's an iconic picture. She doesn't look anything like the ad. She's cut her hair off. She says fair as fair. And she sticks her hands in the air and you're like, yeah, you feel like this 80s, like, let's go get them. And that videotape. So today this would be a Snapchat or an Instagram or YouTube or something that would go quote unquote viral. In this day, it's this videotape that goes around and there's an adorable scene right after this, where you see a maybe four year old little boy with curly, curly red hair and giant cowboy boots on carrying a package with one of these videotapes and walks it into the police station right up to Peter Coyote and I, it makes no sense except for the fact that that kid is super adorable. And you just want to <laughs> squeeze his little cheeks and be like, you're so darn cute. Yeah. And because at the same time, like when he, right when he comes in, it's on the news. So, like, they didn't really need to send him a videotape. You'd see it on the news. But like I said, but it wasn't important the, except it, to put that cute kid on TV. Right. So this, But this is important. So the reason she does this video is because somebody had said – some guy was on the news and yeah, they came in and they robbed me and they slapped me around with their gun. And I thought they were going to kill me. And it's this older guy. And they're like, well, he probably took the money himself. Well, 
And then they show a scene in the police station when this little boy's walking in, and they got a map of Texas, and they're like, yeah, we've got Beaumont and Port Arthur and Laredo and Lubbock. And, like, they show the map, and it's all spread out all over the state. And he was like, put that away. It's useless. It's all—it's none of it's real. She's still here. So, like, it's like she's like— this is I am not a thief. And what you're attributing to me is not true. This is the truth. So that's a I think that's a great little bookend sequence of from from the scene with the news, the guy saying that they robbed them all the way to that scene with the little boy. That's a great thing to say that this is it's something going viral, but for the wrong reasons. And her doing this video suddenly changes it to 80s viral for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Now people see this is what this person is saying. And the next scene is then the scene, I believe, where they they go to Mr. Pyatt to the bait shop, I mean, to the gift shop, and he figures out, oh, I can start selling stuff because he's got a wanted picture of her and somebody wants to buy it. So he starts selling things and he starts making T-shirts and the pictures of her when she, you know, from when she came out of the lake and everything. So, you know, that's people are start to buy all this merchandise. Yeah, but you um, got to understand, like, the, you go, and I'm just going to pause here. You go down to Corpus or you go down to Port Aransas. There's lots of, like, uh, these, you know, kind of themed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, they're just gift shops. Now, now keep yeah, on, they're, all they're not run by creepos like this anymore. They're actually very oh, reputable I... and, and lovely family establishments. But in this yeah. case, he's got, you know, kind of one of the big chosky gift shops on the island so so the next scene i think is one of my favorite scenes and that's the helping kenny scene so they go they're trying to get some food at a little store and um these kids these little kids like what they're like eight or nine come up to her and they're like you're billy jean yeah we you've got to help kenny and so like she follows them oh no 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 pause they're at a wig store they're going to give that's her right, a wig right. so that they're she won't be recognizable. So, that's their so they're great at a wig plan. Store. Yeah, they're at a wig store. They're trying to make her unrecognizable. And, and so she, but she doesn't go in because she's the most recognizable one. So she's sitting out in the car, and these little kids are probably eight or nine years old. They come up to her, and they go, you got to help Kenny. And she's like – so she follows them through this neighborhood. Now, what I noted was as she's walking, all these kids in this neighborhood are coming out and following her streaming behind her and i was like how many freaking kids are there in corpus christi in 1985 because there's, there's got to be a million of them no, there's <laughs> and a they're lot. jumping off the trees and they're riding up on their bikes it's it's, a, she, it's really they're cribbing from rocky at that point yeah so she goes up and it's a really neat scene where she goes into this house just walks in this house and there's this drunk dad and he's been beating on this kid and and basically like it's like the birds like all these kids are like all of a sudden come into the windows and he looks around and like he realizes who she is and all these kids are there. So then he kind of, he kind of gives in and gives her a soda pop and she takes the kid and he's going to go live with his grandmother. But it's just a really neat scene. Like, okay, there's, there's something going on here that's bigger than just, you know, okay, well, but let's give a shout out. Okay. So first of all, yeah. uh, that actor's name is John M. Jackson. Yes, and, I know. And he's from, he's originally from Baton Rouge. So he's not too far from Texas. I mean, he was Texas adjacent, but he's been in quite a few great films. He was in a few good men. He's in A View Good Men. He's in Sid and Nancy. He just did a, a movie with uh, Captain America called Gifted that he plays Roland. Yep. And he's been on, um, uh, you know, NCIS and a whole bunch of other, you know, you've seen, you've seen this guy on a million things. So it was like looking at him, I was like, I know him from a million things. So yeah. he's done a ton of television acting. He's been in a lot of great movies. So 
again, so, one of those one of those actors you're like, oh my gosh, like I recognize that guy from a zillion things. So so the other thing is Billy Jean realizes this thing is getting bigger than she I think this makes her realize this is bigger than than she she really well, well, can hang hand. on. She 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 saves Kenny, Kenny's gonna go with his grandma, and if yeah, she's leaving then a, a passerby drives oh, yeah, by in right. his that's... giant truck. And yes. and she goes, Stop the the <laughs> wife goes, Stop the truck. That oh my god, that's Billie Jean. And like he goes, What? There's a ten thousand dollar bounty on her. So this the redneck guy driving gets out his his deer rifle. He's or he's got some kind of rifle under the seat. He pulls his rifle out and he starts taking pot shots at them and then he's chasing them um in his big lifted Chevy, you know, Chevy truck and Yeah, down down through the freeway. Yeah. Through, yeah, down near the freeway, which is actually that freeway entrance I think is is right off of um that's again right near the beach. So it's like if you go to Corpus for vacation and you're gonna I'm you know what, let's go to North Padre this year, kids. Or we're gonna go to Port Aransas. So we're gonna stay on Mustang Island. When you go through Corpus, you'll be like, I recognize a lot of these on ramps and areas yeah. from this movie. So I so I noted that it's nice to know that in, even in the 1980s, there's still just stereotypes of Texas that existed as far as Texas <laughs> Texas pickups and guns. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so, so this so they escape the chase. Yeah, so this makes her realize that she's got to get Potter and Ophelia out of the situation. So she, they go back to the. Uh, where do they go? They go somewhere. Of course, they go somewhere and they camp out. They go then... somewhere else and camp out, and then and then she just she she and and Binks and Lloyd leave them. They call the police and the police show up and 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 get Ophelia and Putter. And oh, it's like on a pier or something. There's a they're out out by the yeah boat. And I think the piece of it too is that they have um they have Lloyd with them and they've sent in like a, you know, like he's our hostage. And cause Lloyd basically says like, you don't have any leverage, but if I go with yeah, he kidnaps you, himself. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I'll go with you. Cause he, he, he's got a, anytime Dean Stockwell's on screen, like he has a, he always seems to have like a very tenuous relationship with the people that he's close to. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen anybody give him a hug, even in, in uh, quantum leap. He's always sort of weird <laughs> and standoffish. But the point is, is that, you know, he is, because of of who his dad is, he's like, I'll be leveraged for you. But at the same time, there's a scene with, you can see opportunistic Pyatt and you can see the, the righteous policeman. And as this, he's sort of torn between the two in the middle because he's trying to be this Mr. Law and Order guy and he's not going to support this outlaw girl. But at the same time, he starts to see that while I align with Pyatt, he's actually really a a scumbag. And and like, it's kind of starting to show even to him. Yeah. So, uh, I noted so one of the lines that I loved Ophelia gave was when Lieutenant Ringwald, when Peter Coyote asked her, where's Billy Jean? And she looks at him and goes, Ophelia goes everywhere. So I thought that's, that's a really cool, well, cool and, line. And, and, yeah. and that follows then that because she's turned them in, they're trying, they're trying to figure something out. And so Lloyd and Binks get separated from her because they were thinking of stealing a car and it goes wrong, and so they all just end up running away. At They're the on country like a, club. At a country club. At the country club. Yeah. So yeah. she ends up. <clears throat> this girl with a haircut just like hers pulls up in an old Camaro and says, "Hey, you know, you believe in hop in." And so there's now this montage set to Pat Benatar's "Invincible," and it's great. So it's a day of her just basically 
these kids will drive her around. She'll get out of one car. She'll get in another car with a bunch of girls who've cut their hair just like Billie Jean. And so there's this whole parade of girls who've all dr- are dressing like Billie Jean, driving her and, around and meeting and guys underground too. and guys too. Yeah, there's there's yeah. there's a whole network. Guy in a motorcycle. Of, there's a whole network of teens that are supporting Billie Jean and keeping her on the run from the law, trying to get her back to her brother. And, yeah. So this is what I wrote down. First of all, uh, a lot of Camaros and 240Zs. Right, which is like, <laughs> which is you know. really on brand for for that time in Corpus. By <laughs> yeah. the way, yeah. But the other thing is that while like Invincible's playing, like then Jimmy J. Jacobs and C one C whatever C-101. Jimmy J. Jacobs C one hundred one, he's like, ah, J- have you seen Billy? G- have you seen Billy Jean? What do you think of her? Do we got Tina from Tyler? What do you think about Billy Jean? <laughs> I think she's great. I'm like, how the heck is Radio station in Corpus Christi getting picked up in Tyler. <laughs> uh, well, I looked it up to just be sure I had it right. It's four hundred. It's about 410 miles. So it's a yeah. little far for radio coverage. I was like, maybe Tina from Tyler is on vacation and just calling in <laughs> yeah. and just happened to be there when it's all going on. Because I go to your house in Tyler and I can't pick up Dallas stations. So no, we're right I out certainly of, I'm can't just pick. out of the range, like just out of range of getting the Dallas stations. You get the special... Special yeah. goodness out here in the woods. Um, the, but the point is, is that they, you know, she becomes this sensation. And, and it's funny, throughout the whole thing, they're, they're running ads like, you know, hey, Corpus Christi Honda, come on down. We'll give you a brand new, you know, we'll give you a brand new scooter, you know, right out of the store. And and, and there's like, we got $680, you know, we got 10000 you know, people are turning money. Like, everybody is supporting her in this idea because her integrity shines through all of the garbage that that the news and the police and the grown-ups are putting out there that that the teens are able to see that okay she just wants the money that's fair she's being completely you know railroaded by the system yeah so they're they're on the run that she's becoming the folk hero she's got the image the icon but she's also putting her friends in danger she saved ophelia and putter but now she she goes back to the putt-putt course she finds her brother and she finds lloyd there um and so they're reunited. She's happy. She's got to find a way out of this thing. And when they picked up Ophelia, they found her car. And that's where only one grown-up, the actual police investigator, notices there's golf balls in the back of the car. Um, and he figures out there's the old putt-putt course. So he goes down to the putt-putt course, and he very loudly talks to, to just to the to the howling winds around him to say, you know, just turn yourself in, figure this thing out. You just got to call me. We'll work this whole thing out. I don't want there anybody to get hurt. And you can see that Binks and, and her are listening from inside of the um, obstacles on the course. And that's where it starts to build to. She she starts, says, I'm going to turn myself in. I'm going to do it my way. Now we begin the third act. So I think that so the third act is they're going to meet at the beach. And of course, everybody finds out. And so there's like 11 million people at the beach. Uh, and they're like, it's a party. It's a big party. And Pyatt has this tent set up and he's selling t-shirts and posters and all that kind of stuff, making money hand over fist. Merch, merch, baby. Yeah. And, uh, uh, they're cutting girls hair on the beach and they're playing volleyball and it's, and everybody's wearing these Billie Jean t-shirts. And so then they show up with, uh, 
so Dean Stockwell shows up and he brings state, I guess they're the state police highway patrol or something like that. I'm not sure who they're supposed to be. They're snipers. basically. The sharp, yeah. The sharpshooters in the Jeep park on the top of the sand dune. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's, you know, Peter Cowdy's not happy about that. And, uh, then they bring a big flatbed up with the, you know, it's supposed to have the, it's supposed to have the, um, um, the repaired scooter on it. Yeah, it's supposed to have a repaired scooter, but it's draped in Texas flag. I love that. That was the part that I liked. <laughs> um, and so then in the distance, they see a woman walking. They see her coming over the dunes, and she's got Lloyd with her. Uh, but you can tell pretty easily that it's not <laughs> Billie Jean. It's actually Christian Slater wearing a dress. Um, uh, and... Um, Hubie figures it out first and runs towards him and Christian Slater points the gun at him and the snipers shoot him. And then everybody kind of runs over to figure out what's going on there. And you see, uh, uh, Billy Jean had been standing by the flatbed and she'd raised her arms to say, yeah, uh, she was wearing a wig, right? She's, so it's you know, she's wearing like a crazy, she's wearing, the wig. She's wearing crazy a Barbara Streisand wig. wig from like 1978. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, it is a huge, mound of curly hair like this is a ridiculous wig yeah they put binks in a in an ambulance billy jean runs after the ambulance and can't catch it in like a pandemonium and now night is it's evening and so she just pulls off the wig she is who she is she goes to confront mr pyatt and so she walks over to where pyatt's in front of his thing and you know essentially she there's all these kids that are standing around watching what's going on and she just essentially lays it all out lays out like the you know the attempted sexual assault lays out like what a creepy is lays out how you know what his son did and um and looks around because he's got this huge you know he's like well i'll give you the money and he like comes over and hands her a stack and says there more or less and and she like throws the money away because it's it's all money that's been earned on her likeness because she's surrounded by all of this merchandise that he's been. In fact, there's a huge statue of her with short hair, wearing the wetsuit, pointing a gun down at the crowd. Like there's this giant, um, you know, statue like over the, the, the souvenir stand. And so she essentially like rips up a poster and throws it in like this bonfire thing and starts burning. And then everybody else starts coming up and pulling off their t-shirts and throwing them in the fire and you know it's kind of a thing of like uh, you know i'm not an it's the it's a loose parallel to the joan of arc story that you know they burn joan of arc alive in in that way so that's uh it's a it's a ritual it's a um sacrifice yeah so she does that and it and it all kind of comes out like what a scumbaggy is and essentially the you know everything uh, and, burns and your up. third nut shot your third nut shot. Yes. Way. Yeah. Number all, three. For Mr. Pyatt. But Hubie himself actually like kind of sees what a monster is his father is and then, you know, just sort of slinks away embarrassed of the whole situation. Um and then but in and then it all burns up and apparently all charges are dropped for some reason. And yes. there's no legal yes. ramification for anything that happened. And then it cuts to a snowy mountainside in Vermont. Where uh, Binks and Billy Jean are outside of like a ski chalet, and he's like, "It's so cold," and uh, and then it ends with him seeing a snowmobile sitting there, which looks very much like 
the delightful uh, motor scooter he had. And then that's in pretty much scene. Well, I was just going to point out like this, like I said, a couple of times in here, this was all filmed in Corpus. It was built around. I know that there were some of the kids that went to Gregory Portland High School. If you're out there and listening, why not drop us a line and we'll give you a shout out. We'll post something online or or we'll pick it up and find out about your experience. Um, I I talked to uh, one guy who uh, went to GP at the time. He was in a band called Titan. His uh, name's Mike Pena. He's a fantastic guitarist, a really nice guy. And he still lives down in Corpus. And uh, he was telling me, you know, their band had gotten hired. They played the, by the movie. They went out and played on the beach to entertain the crowds. But, th- like, nothing, hardly anything was filmed of them, and nothing actually made it in the movie. There's nothing of them in the film. But, like, again, when you do these giant crowd sequences, you have to keep, uh, you know, an army of extras and just passerbys Ta- entertained. So... Yeah, kind of like your dad with the Sugarland Express. It was it was an eerily parallel experience to my dad's <laughs> dad's time on the Sugarland Express. We well, they shot us, but we're not actually in the movie, but for like maybe yeah. two seconds, you can see one guy. So head. I was, yeah. So I was reading that they actually filmed pretty much the whole movie in the winter, and it was actually a cold winter, uh, and so they have all these scenes where it's supposed to be like nuclear hot in the summer. Um, and I and I guess that's why they picked Corpus Christi because they could film me around. They could film it at any time. Yeah, you know, externally it looks like you know it looks like it's summer, even though it's probably cold outside. So they had a bunch of space heaters and blankets that they had set up for the beaches, beach scenes, because it's not usually it's not it was not actually summer weather. So I find that interesting. It's like oh wow, it's super duper cold, but everybody's wearing bikinis and bathing suits and and uh, uh, standard standard Texas summer. You know. There's a couple of twelve-year-old, you know, a bunch of twelve-year-old boys running around in standard tw- Texas twelve-year-old uh, gear of ble- blue jeans, no shirt, no shoes, no socks. You know. Yeah. Well, the so, other, the other thing Mike told me though is he said that like a lot of the local girls cut their hair for the movie, so yeah. there's a whole crop of local girls that like chop their hair off down to to Billy Jean levels, and, and you just got to see the picture. I mean, this isn't like a cute pixie cut. I mean, it's almost an army cut. So uh, my big thing was like all the accents, like some of the accents th- th- was kind of varied in their in their capability. I thought Christian Slater had a terrible Texas accent, but he's not from Texas, so that's that's okay. Oh, yeah, neither is um, Helen Slater either. No, 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 no. I, but I think, um, I think the movie works on a lot of levels. I just don't like the Vermont thing. I just like eh, eh. No, well, so I think you think that like that's, um. That's like kind of having, you know, listen, I had a great steak, an amazing appetizer. They, <laughs> the service was impeccable. You know, the music was beautiful. Um, I just wish there was just like a, just a more chocolate on that cake they brought at the end. Like it was it was yeah. chocolate with chocolate and chocolate. But it was a little, I think like you guys. Yeah, I mean, it had, a funny, is, it had a funny gag, though. And they finally get there and Christian Slater goes, oh, my gosh, it's so cold. So. <laughs> So final and reflections and wrap up from my point of view, and then you guys can pipe in with yours. But mine is is that um, it's a really fun film. It's a great film, mm-hmm. and it had a weird timeliness with all of the uh, sexual scandals and things going around right now in the world. The fact that like that's really the that's the crux this story turns upon. That you have this mistreated woman who stands up for her rights and isn't believed because of her status in society and because of who she is. 
And then she sort of, the, the teen and youth rise up in one voice and say, you know, we will be invincible right along with this Pat Pinatar song. And it's got a great soundtrack and it's just, you, you feel, feel good watching it. And it, it's a great film. So I, 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 I can, you know, in my should watch, not watch, I give it a highly, you should watch this movie. And if you've ever been to Corpus or if you're from that area, any time around like the 80s and 90s or 70s through the 90s, you're going to just, it's nostalgia lane when you see all these kind of old landmarks and pieces around that you've missed. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think I think that's the part that I like the most about it is it definitely captures Texas. It, ta- it captures the feel of Texas and what I would imagine living in that area. But because it's not a movie that's filmed in Oklahoma, but set in Texas or filmed in New Mexico, but set in Texas. You know, they said that I was reading a note that said the movie was and the producers were going to not call it Corpus Christi. It was just going to be some undisclosed Texas coastal communities. So they like removed Corpus Christi from the script. And then like during the shoot, they're like, Oh, we changed our mind. We're just, we're going to be clear. This is Corpus Christi. So it's like, it, it, it does celebrate Corpus Christi and it celebrates the Texas coast and it celebrates a Texasness with a lot of those elements. So I like that. I love that. It's an, it is very much a quintessential eighties movie. Um, it's a shame that it's not on any of the streaming services other than iTunes. Um, I think more people would should should be able to see it. The thing that I remember most about this movie, maybe I should have said at the beginning, but remember the Marvel comics in the 1980s? In the back page, there was always like some type of movie ad, and like it was either it was either like uh, it was either House Two. Or it was <laughs> a Buckaroo Banzai uh, was in a bunch of Buckaroo Banzai was on a ton of movies. This was like 1985, 86, 87. Really, like that was the time. It was like always like a New Line or a Sony. But one of the ones that was constantly in in the the comic books uh, that I read. Uh, oh, another one was Time Rider. Remember Time Rider? Yeah, that the was Adventures always on the back of Lyle Swan. Yeah, we we were all yeah. there, Sean. We remember. Right. But the but the one that I really liked the most, and it was because I was you know twelve years old, thirteen years old, was you know the Helen Slater, the the Helen Slater, the, the Legend of Billie Jean. Mm-hmm. You know that picture. She's gorgeous. She's beautiful, and she's just cool. She looks awesome. Like that was a movie. I was like, oh, I should watch that sometime. And I never picked it up. Never rented it, and never. It was, didn't have cables. So, it was on the cable you know. services so much. Yeah, we used uh, to have cable. Time. I was saying, we, my grandmother had cable, but that was twice a year. So, you know, <laughs> we never had really an opportunity to watch it. Um, now, there's another poster that's on a later release that's like a more like a, it's like a painted poster. That's really cool. I'll, I'll see if I can find that picture and send it to you. But it's she's like standing. It's like it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like the same style as like the, the Big Trouble in Little China poster where she's like. Yeah, action movie pose. Well, I, I want to point out one thing that you said there just because it made me think of this. And, and, and you said it's a very Texas movie. But here's the funny thing is, is that like so many people think that Texas movies are hell or high water or mm-hmm. stagecoach or whatever. You know, what I mean, like they're 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 John Wayne and horses and all that. And um, I'll point out that for The Legend of Billie Jean, they really like Barry Tubb grew up riding bulls. Like he's a, he's a country fella. And, but he played these, you know, he seems like as he seems as South California as you could want as the Wolfman, you know, in, 
in Top Gun, or you you see him next to that that you see him in this movie, and he seems just like a Corpus Christi Beach kid. Like I mean, he just is you know that just is Texas, but it is Texas. It's just its own sort of milieu of Texas. It's a whole other part of Texas that most people don't see or associate with the state. So I just really like that it celebrates something that's Texan but isn't, you know, big big goofy cowboy hats. You got one of those guys and he shoots at somebody, but like, you know, there's always gonna be that guy in Texas. Yeah. Yeah, this is definitely one of the um best movies that uh I should have watched a long time ago. But I'm <laughs> glad that I, I finally finally watched it. I'll go with that one. I'll agree with that. Hot dog. Well, I'm glad. So I that's a good. You. That's a good. That's a good. Uh, that's a good summation of the value of this movie. Well, I'm glad you guys saw it and you're on board, and I'm glad you're excited about uh, about telling people about this. This might be a little bit of a longer podcast, but man, we really love to celebrate films. So if you're mm-hmm. out there um, and you have a connection to the movie, please drop us a line, shoot us a note with your story because we'd love to hear it. We love to celebrate Texas history, and this is something that uh, we think was really cool. So, hot dog. That wraps things up for today. You can find notes and links from today's show at brainstable.com. We'd love to hear from you, so like and share us on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at Texas Podcast, or go to brainstable.com and leave some feedback. You can find our show and many other great history podcasts at historypodcasters.com. You can follow us individually, too. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Java. I'm Max Sean with two ends. And I'm Scotticus. You love this show. And you believe that fair is fair. And if you think fair is fair, we'll get out there and tell your friends about what we're doing. And leave a review on iTunes because that helps us out to find listeners just like you. We hope you'll join us next time. And remember that even if you aren't from Texas, Texas wants you anyway. Thank you.